Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. What event comes once a year and could change how you see the world around you? The answer? When your vision benefits renew. And now that they have, there's no better time to visit your neighborhood Pearl Vision, where they'll cover your out-of-pocket cost or insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at pearlvision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 4-30-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lizzo is speaking out about sharing an unedited naked picture of herself. Mean Girl star Jonathan Bennett says he and his fiance were rejected from a wedding venue for being quote two men. And we're chatting with author Kayleen Schaefer about millennials not feeling like real adults. It's April 22nd, 2021. Hello, friends. I'm Stephen LeConte. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Shyla, <laughs> have you heard that they are making a new How I Met Your Mother? It's called How I Met Your Father. Yes, and I am not pleased about it. The only part I like is that Hillary Duff is attached to it, but like they tried this before. <laughs> okay, they did try it before and they tried it with Greta Gerwig, who then went on to become, of course, the very famous Oscar nominated director. But excited for it. You're not. I mean, I really liked the show when it was on, but then, you know, watching it back and it's aged so badly and I feel like, do we need this story? I would rather have Lizzie McGuire. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I would rather have Lizzie McGuire too. Well, here's one thing I am excited about. We're starting off with Lizzo and body positivity. On Tuesday, you might have noticed that she posted a picture of herself naked on Instagram that was completely unedited. That photo was posted in conjunction with Dove's self-esteem project, which is supposed to make social media a more positive and empowering place for women. Under Lizzo's photo, she admits that learning to love herself was a matter of, quote, literal survival. She told People magazine, if I'm going to continue to live in this body and survive in this body and be happy and actually enjoy life, I need to find a way to like myself. I was body negative for a long time. Lizzo says her ultimate goal is to promote body normativity and hopes one day posting photos of her body won't be a political statement. 
Okay, I have a lot of feelings about this. The first is that I'm just happy for her because feeling comfortable in your own skin takes a lot of fucking work and it's not easy to do. And so I'm just happy that she's at that place. But then also, again, like, you know, I think about Amy Schumer and her comments about posting a photo of herself and then being called brave in the media. And like, you know, this should not be a political statement. You know, I mean, there are the skinny or, you know, like whatever the acceptable quote unquote body norm is. Um, these types of women posting photos of their body on Instagram and they're not being told that they're brave. So I just, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot to unpack here, but again, I'm, I'm happy for her. Yeah. And honestly, I think Lizzo has recently given a lot of really, uh, interesting quotes about this idea of moving from body positivity to normativity. Mm -hmm. The idea that body positivity was a necessary stepping stone on the road to acceptance, but that the next step is actually being able to post a photo and just having it be like, I'm just feeling my look. I'm not here to make a statement on behalf of all women who look like me. So meanwhile, Jonathan Bennett, who you might remember as Aaron Samuel from the movie Mean Girls, says that he and his fiance were rejected at a wedding venue because they were, quote, two men. In a recent interview with a knot, Bennett and his fiance, James Vaughn, said they were rejected by a resort in Mexico. Bennett explained, quote, for years, we planned to get married at Palace Resorts. When we got engaged, the owner said he couldn't marry us because we're two men and it goes against his morals. That was a sucker punch to the gut. The couple says that the rejection has given their wedding purpose. Bennett added, we want to make sure that they, quote, the LGBT plus community, are celebrated every moment and don't feel a sense of otherness. The otherness needs to be removed from gay weddings. Yeah, I mean, this is, of course, something that we're dealing a lot with right now in America with um, these religious freedom laws that would allow American businesses to do exactly what happened to Jonathan and his fiance. Now, to be clear, this resort was in Mexico, so the laws here wouldn't have changed it. But look, I think a lot of people don't understand that these things really do happen to gay people. And, you know, they really do. You know, I also think it's worth noting that Jonathan Bennett and his fiance, they are two conventionally attractive cisgender white men. And these issues that hurt the LGBTQ community hurt others much more than they hurt them. Like I'm thinking of trans people who are trying to get married or queer people of color who are trying to get married. So I also want to call out that while my thoughts are with Jonathan and his fiance, it's also a lot worse for other people in our community. It's just, it's so... I just can't believe, like, I can, but I also can't believe that this is still something that we're dealing with in 2021. Like, it's unacceptable. And I just, I really have nothing else to say about it except that it's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that on that. Well, moving on, you may remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the huge number of millennials who moved home during the pandemic and what happens next for them. But even before any of us had heard about COVID-19, Millennials had already been handed something of a raw deal when it comes to the economy. By that, I mean the two major recessions we've seen since joining the workforce. Now, a lot of us millennials may feel like we haven't gotten far enough along in life, that we've somehow been behind and don't really feel like, quote, real adults. But what if we change how we define adulthood? That's the subject of Kayleen Schaefer's new book, But You're Still So Young, How 30-somethings Are Redefining Adulthood. She's here today to talk about all that and more. Hi, Kayleen. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. <laughs> so the basic thesis of your book is that starting back in the 50s, there have been these established benchmarks for achieving so-called adulthood, but the millennial generation is upending this. So first, can you describe what these benchmarks even are? 
I, yes, I can. And I will warn you, as I do this, most people like want to see what they have checked off. So go ahead, but know that the whole point is doing these milestones as you want to do them. If you want to do them, we're working on our own timelines and that's totally okay. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ready. They are completing school, leaving home, making your own money, becoming financially independent, marrying and having children. So there you go. Well, That's a lie, right? right? I've got a few of those. Now, I'm someone who actually, I actually was at, I left home and then I actually moved back home uh, after the pandemic started. So I, I had one of those and then I guess I lost it. Um, so while putting your book together, you interviewed millennials about their experiences and also included your own personal account. What did you learn about why this generation fell so short of these expectations? What were the contributing factors? I don't, okay, first of all, I don't think that we should say fell so short or that you should fault yourself for returning home. It's just a different way that our adulthood looks, right? So, you know, there was this mold, these five steps that I listed out and most people in the fifties, which I would again like to say was 70 years ago, (laughs) had done them by their late teens or early twenties. But And they didn't really have any other options. That was just kind of what you did. But now more education is necessary to compete in the knowledge economy. So we're taking longer to finish school. You know, we don't have as financially stable jobs or as guaranteed of jobs as workers in the 50s did. Um, you know, we are going through the second once in a lifetime recession right now. So our financial situation just is not as good. And we have lots of student debt. It's harder for us to buy homes. Homes are more expensive now. And then, you know, we're also, we're just taking longer to get married. The ages of average age of first marriage is the oldest it's ever been. And that's just because people are, you know, they're trying to get their financial self-established. They're taking longer to finish school. And they're also like looking at marriage and saying, this requires a lot of me. You know, in the fifties, it was sort of just like you played your roles, not to denigrate the fifties, but you know, the husband was the breadwinner and the woman took care of the home. And that's not the case anymore. You know, both people want to take care of the home and have careers. And, you know, we, we just ask a lot, you know, we want our partner to be our best friend, also be like hugely attractive to us, be a good parent, (laughs) be a good provider. You know, there's all this wrapped up in it. And then with children, I think the say all of that is pushed. Um, but then also there have been advancements in fertility treatments that mean that women can have children later than they could when we didn't have those kind of fertility treatments. So all of this is working together to give us more options. But, you know, I'm telling a very positive story but you also have to look at the fact that like, well, in some of these cases, our financial situations are preventing us from feeling comfortable with taking these other steps. So, you know, we have a lot to juggle and, and deal with. And, and I, I think we're doing great <laughs> is also what I wanted to say. Um, so, you know, we are not even close to done. We have a lot more questions for you. So we'll be right back after the break. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. 
The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We are talking with Kayleen Schaefer about millennials not really feeling like true adults. So I want to talk about the process of putting this book together. You started writing this before the pandemic, but clearly it gave you even more material to work with. So I want to know, do you think millennials were almost prepared for this or expecting it, dreading it, waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak? I Absolutely do. I've had this theory for a while since the book was coming out and and I had this idea that we were better prepared to deal with the curveball and the pauses that the pandemic put in our lives because you know none of our life um you know our adulthood has not been on a straight path before this. So, you know, while this pandemic has been awful and um, none of us expected to spend the last 14 months like we did, I do think that in some way our psyche is equipped to deal with like, oh, what is life, you know, throwing at me now? Like life can be forceful and unexpected. And we've experienced that, you know, throughout our adulthood. Yeah, I think that's right on. I've thought about this a lot because so I moved back in when the pandemic started with my parents and um, the experience for me was so weird because I'm 30 years old. When my parents were 30, they had many years of marriage under their belt. They had um, a mortgage on a house. They had three children. But it was so easy for me to move back in with them because my life was so not like that. My life was really has been built to be moved around from place to place. So it's almost like millennials in some ways, like we, we were like built for this kind of lifestyle, you know? I'm curious, living at home with your parents has been the most common housing situation for young adults since 2014. But do you think the pandemic has really helped normalize this for everyone else? I hope it has, because I think there's a lot of hand-wringing in America. And this is not this is not the case in some other countries. But there's this idea of like, oh, no, what are the adult children doing still at home? You know, you picture like the stoner loafing around on the couch while mom does his laundry. And that is absolutely not the case. And I'm sure you can say that as someone sitting in your parents' house. Like sometimes it just makes sense. You know, you're living in a very expensive city. You're taking a pause to figure out what you want your life to be. You're switching careers. You maybe had a breakup. Um, If that home is there and comfortable for you to go to, there should be no reason why you shouldn't go there. And I think 
I've talked to a lot of people in the pandemic who have gone home and lived there for a little while. And, you know, there's a little bit of dread about it. But on the other end, everyone was like, it was great. I'm so glad I did it. And they were really happy with the arrangement. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I got my own apartment, my very first one, three months right before the pandemic hit. And I live only six blocks away from my mom. And I'm just like, oh, if only I had known this was happening, I wouldn't have gotten this apartment and I would have stayed because I swear I'm like at her house, you know, two or three times a week now anyway, you know, and it was something unexpected. But anyway, so your book is about millennials and the millennial experience. But I do want to ask about how you see things possibly playing out for Gen Z. You know, they make up some of the youngest members of our workforce. And like millennials with the recession, they're not really getting off to an easy start. So do you see some of these patterns repeating themselves or will it be a little bit easier? And are millennials helping to break down some of these barriers? I think that millennials are helping a lot to break down these barriers, but the book is purposely about 30 somethings and not just millennials, because I don't see us going back. Like I certainly don't see us starting or going to get married again in our teens or, you know, being financially independent by 22. You know, I just, I just don't see these benchmarks going back. And if anything, the experts I talked to said, we haven't even hit the actual age when these things will settle down. You know, it has to plateau at some point, but they said it'll still keep going. And then we'll just look at these pushed adulthoods, not talking about them as a delay anymore, but just saying this is normal. Like this is this is when adulthood happens now, at least in the terms of these traditional steps. You know, one thing I'm I'm really struck by when I'm talking to you is that I think there's this tendency to talk about these things about like, you know, I started by saying we're falling short and there is this tendency to look at all of these changes in the trends as being negative things. But you've actually called out a lot of ways that actually like a later uh, age of marriage might actually be a positive thing. And so I'm curious, why do you think so many people approach these things negatively when there are positive aspects to what's happening? It's, I had this question too. I was like, I just don't understand. Why are you so worried? And why are you calling this a delay? And the idea psychologically is, say, if you don't get married, you don't know how to have a close relationship with people. And like, they say that I'm like, what? Wow. Okay. No, I know tons of people who are single, who have great close relationships with tons of people. So that's where the thinking comes from. But actually, if you talk to experts about what we're doing and how we do actually feel about our marriages and our careers and you know the cities that we live in when we do settle there, we're happier in all of these things because we took our time to get there and because we really thought about what do I want? Is this for me? Is this a decision I want to make? And we were given the freedom to, to move around and really figure out what's going to make us happiest. And then we're we feel better when we get there. Well, I Haley, love that. <laughs> yeah, you too. You have made me feel a whole lot better about the fact that I'm currently recording a podcast from my parents' house. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you guys. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if Hillary Duff and Greta Gerwig can't make How I Met Your Father really happen, stop trying to make it happen. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. 
You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.